Okay, oh, and we're going live on. Me, All like, right, let's let's do like this. She's trying to avoid me, I think. No, no, no. We're doing here. Okay, is that better? Okay, yeah. Okay, guys. Um, we're using a different mic, so you have to let us know if you can hear us first of all. Hello, hello, Sherry. How are you? Can you hear us? Please, please let us know because we're using, like I said, a different mic this time. It's just we're not doing anything with it. <laughs> yes, and we're talking about pet food myths. Yes, we're going live on, where is that one? Oh, Facebook and YouTube. Facebook and YouTube. I feel like I need my sunnies. I know, it's so Ooh. bright over here, but we were trying hello, hello. to utilize the, the lighting. And hi, Virginia, 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 I don't know. Virginie, bonjour. There we go. <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome. Oh, sorry yes. we're later than usual we are. today, but we are in Dallas together. Yes. And we got an Airbnb that wouldn't let us in until four. And we had to do the setup and stuff, so. And it's hot in here. Lord it's have mercy. It's 75 degrees, y'all. Like, if I'm hot, whoo, she's got to be, like, melting. I'm melting. <laughs> I'm always hot. I'm always hot. And I'm always cold, which is why it's so crazy that I'm. I'm close the blinds. You're just going to, okay. It's, it's actually coming in, like, above the blinds, which is there. why. Is it that better? better? Well, I yeah. know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's okay. It's okay. So we're talking about um, pet food myths today. And I had such an extensive list. Isabel cut it in half. <laughs> I cut it a little bit. I did cut it. A little bit, a little bit. But we are, the ones that she cut, we're going to talk about on a later date. Yes. I felt like some of them needed their own chat. Yes. So um, while you're here, go ahead and, ch I, I know, I have like, it's, it's funny how like half of my face is shadowed and her whole face is like glowing. <laughs> I feel like is that better? Works. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> All right. This is, this is the best we can do. I think we had like six minutes from we when we minutes. walked in to get set up. <laughs> we did, we had six minutes. Okay. So we're doing the best we can. But uh, go ahead and post. Um, questions about foods that you want to know if you can feed to your pets, dogs, or cats, um, because you might be surprised at how short that toxic food list actually is. So, um, which one do you want to start with? I think. Well, I feel like the most the most controversial of the list is the first one. Do you? I do. Okay. People so do you want to say that mad about it, or do you want to do that first? I think let's do it first. Let's do it first. Let's do it first. So today we're talking about pet food myths as far as like real food that you cannot feed your pets according to general knowledge or public opinion. And basically most of these things are based on old advice, advice that's outdated. So we want to highlight stuff that you might actually be able to feed that you're not even thinking about feeding because you're scared to. So the first one is one that I've been to conferences that where they discussed it and like people were mad at the speaker who said it was okay. Mm, yeah. It was a holistic pet expert. I don't think she was a veterinarian or a nutritionist. She was just like somebody who really enjoyed learning and teaching about pet nutrition and just holistic pet care. And she was fantastic. She, I think I referenced her last week. I don't know who she is. I can't remember her name. This was ages ago. She was like the one who told us that plugins were really unsafe mm. for our pets. 
Um, she talked about EWG and things like that. So she was very knowledgeable. I mean, this was long before long everybody ago. was already aware of these things. So she shared that garlic was safe for dogs. And actually, I just found this out last year when Dr. Judy Morgan broke the internet and told all of us that garlic is safe for cats too. Yeah. Like, I swear, I, I think I even posted, I was like, all right, Dr. Morgan, breaking the internet. <laughs> she did, she broke the internet. People get really attached to these recommendations, but we have to remember that especially when it comes to pets, the research is so limited. Uh, the research is only done by those that have like a vested interest mm -hmm. in um, getting some kind of advice or like a good a, a, a good result or a negative result on something. Big garlic doesn't exist. So there's mm -hmm. no big garlic lobby that's going to do the research to tell us that garlic is safe for dogs. We have to take veterinary advice on this one. And then of course the organizations that give advice to their members are always going to be more cautious because if somebody has a pet that has a reaction obviously they're going to feel responsible so they yeah. don't want to like go out on a limb and say it's safe even though i don't have anything to back that up so we trust dr judy morgan both mm -hmm. of us do yes. um we think that she first of all has the best interests of pets in mind but also has some really good understanding of the science the gut, the effect that these foods have. So she is stating, or has stated, mm -hmm. that garlic, garlic is safe for dogs and cats. Yes. I believe some people use garlic even as a pest preventative. Yes. So tell us about that. So garlic is interesting. And the, the reason why so many people think that you can't feed garlic to our pets is actually based on bad science, not just outdated science, but bad science. So this, <clears throat> this research that was done, they didn't use fresh garlic, they used garlic extract, and they gave these dogs what was the equivalent of like 60 heads of garlic okay, every yeah. That's single toxic to day, anybody. right? Yeah. I mean, water is toxic if you, you have too, too much, much of it. Yeah. Right? Sure. So this it, it, isn't like, oh, we have to be careful just of garlic. We have to be careful of literally everything in life. Yes. Um, <laughs> of overheating? Yes. Of every, I know. I, like, I can kind of feel the AC coming down from this one vent, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's nice. Um, but yes, it's bad science, not just outdated science. And so, yes, it is used. You can use fresh garlic fresh chopped garlic. Um, I always recommend organic. I always recommend, and it depends on where you live in the world, but like we're in the United States, so I prefer garlic that is raised in the US. Um, even Mexico, that is probably fine, but um, I have seen, I've seen too many documentaries about garlic from China. And yeah, I mean, I feel <laughs> like Europe, that. Europe, you're good. Yeah, I don't know that we see it. From yeah, I know. I mean, it's really expensive to right? ship over here. So. Um, but the reason I say that is yeah. because if you notice, and one of the best ways to tell the difference, because some of them aren't labeled really well in, yeah. in, in some grocery stores, is if that root is chopped off. So that's our government's way of saying, okay, we understand that there's a, like, garlic is grown potentially in sewage. 
in China, and I'm not like trying to badmouth yeah. China. This just this is just the reality yeah, exactly. of this one particular product. Um, probably others, but you know we're just talking about garlic right now. And so their way of like protecting us is to cut the root off because that's where they feel like the majority of this like sewage is going to be um, concentrated. Con yes, concentrated. So that's one really good way to tell, does it have the root on it still intact or not? That might be a really good way. But what you do for flea and tick prevention, and again, I'm gonna reference Dr. Judy Morgan on this one because she has like the dosages and things like that on her website and on her social media and I can, I can eyeball it. I know for cats it's one eighth of a teaspoon, it's like really, really tiny. Um, but for dogs, you, you kind of titrate up depending on up, up to, I think the max is two whole cloves. Like it maxes out for dogs. Um, but you chop it, fresh chop it, and you let it set yeah. for 15-ish minutes yeah. so that the allicin forms. Um, that is what is going to uh, kind of leach through your dog's skin and give them that protection from fleas, ticks, mosquitoes, all those things that we don't want. Parasites, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because it doesn't smell good to those pests. Exactly. Um, but garlic in general, we can use it um, just as food for, um, in, in traditional Chinese medicine, see, I'm, I'm going both ways. I'm not totally anti-China. Um, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, we use it for uh, relieving stagnation yeah. in the body. So, yeah, it actually can be really beneficial for our dogs and cats. Yes. Yes. Always start slow mm -hmm. when, you add, when you add new foods because you don't want, you don't know if they have some kind of sensitivity to it or if it's going to upset their stomach. So just start mm -hmm. slow. Make yeah. sure you're and watching their poop. Don't give it to puppies under, I'm, I'm gonna, I think it's eight, like six, eight months, but I'm going to say a year just to be safe. Um, puppies under a year or lactating. Pregnant, pregnant and lactating. Yeah, moms. Moms. Because don't of the it. flavor? Um, well, I think it can get in the breast milk. Yeah, and then it will so, get, yeah. yeah. But also the flavor know. might affect probably. the milk, and we don't want the puppies yeah. not wanting that. Yeah, it um, probably would. Hello, everybody, Hi, for joining. I know. Hi. Thank you so uh, much. So, another, so garlic. garlic. Garlic is not the enemy of our pets. It nope. is something that can be used properly. Mm -hmm. The next one is also one that gets a lot of heat, and I think it's such a great recycle for our pets. So like we all yeah. know that avocados, you buy them with the best of intentions. We just went to Trader Joe's and bought four of them. We'll see yes. how many we actually eat this week. But we always get the avocados. We buy them. They go a little bad. Now they're brown. I don't want to eat them. Even if it's just bruised, my kid's like, Ugh. Mm. avocado is safe for pets. My mm -hmm. cat, whenever my kids, we just slice them, take the pit out and put like a little bit of sea salt. <laughs> but when I'm cutting Sorry. it, my kids take the pit out. No, it's Why me. Are you laughing? It's my internal dialogue. <laughs> what? What did, you say? what did I say? No, it's, it's my like, internal dialogue. <laughs> okay, God. now I know what you're saying. Now I think I know. I think I know. I think I know exactly what you're saying. Her head, her brain. No, it's actually not that. It's not that. Oh, you'll you'll anyway. you'll find out in just a minute. Um, so <laughs> I cut the avocado, take the pit out, and like usually drizzle it with like a little sea salt, or just put put a little sea salt on it. Right before I put a little sea salt on it, my cat's already there. Mm. I don't want him eating the sea salt 
obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, ah. But whenever there's any leftover, I just let him lick it. He loves it. He loves it. Um, he doesn't take a lot of it. And I wouldn't, like, chop it up and put it in his dish. Dogs, however, mm -hmm. would love if you chopped up a little yes. and put it in their dish. Please, yeah. please do. Um, so the reason I was laughing is she'll know. Anyway, um, I, because I wanted to say that avocado is a healthy fat. However, um, I recently learned from Billy Hookman that there's no such thing as good and bad fats. So that was going through my mind as I was getting ready to say it's a healthy fat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I haven't learned this yet. I was thinking so, healthy fats and not healthy fats. So yeah. what is it? Let's retrain our brain. What is yes. It? So if it's a fat found in nature, then we consider it healthy. Yeah. If it's man-made, it's not healthy. So, but in reality, like anything man-made is not really healthy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're not really talking in terms of healthy versus not non-healthy. We're talking whole foods versus processed foods is probably is more of a like a good way to retrain your brain like Isabel just said because we don't want to demonize fats found in nature and when we think of it as healthy versus unhealthy we can very quickly say like oh well it's fat and so it's unhealthy so like we, you know the our government here in the US Go, we go through all these cycles. They demonize eggs. They demonize, you know, all these they demonize fats. Yeah. are if it's found in nature, it's not unhealthy. Um, so I wanted to say unhealthy fats. Yeah. So <laughs> healthy fats. It is a fat found in nature that has benefits. Yes. So anything found in nature, like if we look at eating a whole food, a steak, an avocado, an egg, whatever it is, they're all going to have fat in them yeah. and we don't want to demonize that fat because it's fat when the way it's found in nature as a whole food is in like this perfect harmony this perfect balance this is what nature like intended for yeah. us to eat so like to stop demonizing i guess no I, I fats in general and just yeah. processed fat fat. not processed yeah. right yeah. instead of healthy unhealthy because our our doctors our government are going to put whole fresh foods into unhealthy categories yeah. when that's really not the reality for us or for our dogs um, and cats. So yes, I want, I still want to say, because we've just been trained, like yeah. that's what's in our brains. Yeah. I still want to say it's a healthy fat. Um, I think it's a healthy fat. I like that my <laughs> kids, I, th I like that my kids eat it. And I literally, my kids, like I said, I'll just slice it up and serve it to them. They use a spoon to eat it like a little cup. The avocado is portable. It's like a great snack for them. If they're not feeling dinner, I'll be like, you don't have to eat this, but you can have an avocado. And like, usually they'll eat a whole avocado on their own. And my kids, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about their fat intake. Cause like yeah. kids are so finicky, like probably not getting enough fat, like true, you know, really rich fats. Healthy fats. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to say healthy. <laughs> Natural, mm -hmm. found in nature. Yeah. God-given Yes. Well, and I like avocado for me personally because I prefer leaner cuts of meat. Yeah. I just don't like the gristle. Yeah, and the, I like I I, I'm a very textural eater. Um, I have a child's palate. Like, absolutely. I, I do. Like, I would... Today at Trader Joe's, she's like, I don't <laughs> eat onions. I'm like, I don't eat onions. 
<laughs> so then I asked her to like pico de gallo, and she's like, uh, onions. onions. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel like everything I eat has onions in it, so like, I have no idea what you eat. Like, what do you eat? I know. I like the flavor of onions. I don't like the texture of onions. Oh, interesting. Okay. So like, um, we'll cook with onions, yeah. and then I just pick out the onions and don't eat the onions. Right. Right. Yes. I love onions. Oh, um, I apologize in advance if you're a mean person. <laughs> Um, so yes, it, so I will eat a lean cut of meat with avocado, yeah. so I'm balancing my protein and fat. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And it's just a really healthy way to eat. And for our dogs and our cats, right, we, when we feed whole, fresh foods, you know, we really get stuck, and I get stuck, like being a nutritionist and having what just happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened on Facebook and YouTube. Somebody, we got, somebody gave us some love. Yeah, like, thank it went, you. Fireworks, fireworks everywhere. Um, like, I struggle with this because when I give somebody a recipe, I feel that, um, like, I'm obligated as a nutritionist, like, that's what they're hiring me for to give a recipe that's balanced to AFCO, yeah. right? Because I don't want them taking a recipe 10 years from now to their veterinarian and their veterinarian looking at it and saying, this isn't balanced. Oh my gosh, you've, you've harmed your dog ball. Like, I don't want that to happen. So I feel really like, and, and a lot of our fresh foods, like commercial fresh, fresh foods, like Viva Raw or Green Juju or All Provide or Green, uh, Goodness Gracious, whoever, they are in this box too. It's like when we're feeding whole fresh foods, we're getting all of these wonderful nutrients from the fresh foods and somehow we have to like box them into AFCO standards. Yeah. And so that's really tough. And I just got off on a tangent um, about avocado. Somehow I landed on an AFCO standard. <laughs> okay, so avocados, cats, can yeah. eat them. Yes. Dogs can eat them. Yes. I think one of the things that always resonates with me is if you're if your pet's interested in them yeah. and they seem to like them, just do a quick Google search. But like look at maybe instead of being like avocados safe for dogs, be like how much avocado is safe for dogs. Like mm. phrase mm -hmm. it for Google so that they find you results where it is allowed but in moderation, right? So like if you Google is avocado dangerous for dogs, Google's going to bring you all the people who say yes. avocado is dangerous. So like maybe how much onion or sorry, not onion, no. garlic, <laughs> how much garlic can I give my dog? Mm -hmm. How much avocado can a cat eat? Mm -hmm. And those results should get you somewhere that is more in line with what we're saying right. rather than like somebody being like demonizing a vegetable. I had a dog, yeah. my, my, I grew up in Miami. We had a dog that used to eat avocados every time she could get outside and she, she was white. So she'd come back with like green all over her <laughs> face. Like her little whiskers were all green. She was a Maltese mix. And my mom at the time was terrified of it because we were told that it's so much fat that it can cause pancreatitis and all that stuff. And we all know that pancreatitis being tied to fat is an oversimplification of what pancreatitis is, right? Absolutely. So we were always terrified that she was eating her avocados, but, but she knew that it was good for her. She enjoyed the flavor. She never ate the pit. She never ate the skin. She would literally like 
spit out the skin that she got and she would keep eating it and my mom would scream at her and want to bring her in like bachi come back and she'd have to literally physically bring her in because bachi was having a ball yeah she was smart dog Mm -hmm. and i don't know was she eating kibble at that time yes she was she was one of my i think prescription diet dogs back in the night like late 90s early so probably getting like rancid fats in the food and just like new yeah yeah they feel it they're much more in touch with their bodies than we are Mm -hmm. um let's move on to the next one carbs and grains yeah so we touched on this last last week week. um when we were talking or was it last week with the DC, we were talking about, oh, we were talking about grain-free food. Grain-free yeah. food because of the Hills lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. I don't, you know, dogs don't have, cats certainly do not have. Cats are obligate carnivores. Dogs, I think, I think we're settling on scavenger carnivores. Scavengers. That's yeah, I mean, that, that's how I always think of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, we know the history of dogs. Mm-hmm. They did not get balanced food <laughs> right? every single meal. They got what they got uh-huh. during domestication. So, yes. and that's, that was a benefit for both parties, right? Like, they mm-hmm. would eat the leftovers and then they wouldn't attract, like, yeah. predators wouldn't right. show up because the dog had eaten the leftovers or whatever. Yeah, so, so there's, there's no biological requirement for grain but will they get grain if they eat the stomach contents of a prey animal yeah i mean really really small amounts right probably fermented at that point right um so don't demonize grains but also there is no biological requirement for them right i don't have so don't plan a whole meal around Right. Carbs and lentils. Absolutely not. Please don't. Um, There's but even doctors is... that say we shouldn't be eating as many legumes as we do yeah. for humans. So, I mean, yeah. one of the things that always makes me think about, like, specifically, like, legumes, like beans, lentils, chickpeas, mm-hmm. they wouldn't eat that in the wild because those have to be soaked and cooked mm-hmm. in order to be edible, right? So, yeah. like, that really... When you think about a scavenger, they like yes, they would have had to eaten that after there was fire, right? Mm, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like there was no way. Like that's yeah. not necessarily something that was um, accessible to a wolf at right. any point. So yeah, like unless there was yeah, like some sort of really, natural fermentation going on. They're somewhere. so hard. Like yeah. nobody would eat that. So right. I understand why people say like don't feed them that. It is something that even I think about when I'm feeding that to myself or my kids. I love I in Spain we eat legumes all the time. It's part of the Mediterranean diet. It's actually recently I heard the top 5 diets that where you live the longest include legumes. Like that's mm-hmm. the one thing they all have in common. So it's one of those things that we still don't fully understand. But for me like are there carbs and grains in kibble? Yes. Talk about in raw feeding, how much of carbs and grains make up like a healthy meal? I mean, off the top of my head, like maybe 2%, like really, really low. Yeah. Because even if you think of a prey diet, a whole prey diet, and if there are carbs, if there are starchy carbs, if there are grains in the stomach contents, that is such a small amount, you know, comparatively to the muscle meat, the organ meat. The bones, which, by the way, your dog is going to be eating those bones. And, um, yeah, it's just it's such a small amount versus in a lot of kibble diets, we're talking 40-plus percent sometimes. Yeah. 30, in the 30s, if you're lucky. 
Ski right. is in the 30s. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so. So yeah, don't so it's about really quantity in this case. Like we obviously don't want, and mm -hmm. we will discuss at some point vegan diets yes. for dogs and cats. We will tell you right now, neither one of us is on board with that. Nope. Um, but we will talk about those in a future um, weekly pet roundup. But this brings me kind of like to the next one. It's carbs and grains. Really, if a dog is getting those, it's usually from like table scraps or human food. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to feed those anyway because they're usually, any kind of carb you're eating is super high in sugar, super high in um, like spices and stuff. Like in Spain, if I was going to give my dog some kind of meal that included a legume, it's going to have a ton of salt and spices mm -hmm. and paprika mm -hmm. and things that like they really, they're not going to they enjoy it. And they're not going to need it. And it might upset their stomach. So like really, the next one we're going to talk about is human food. And it's really about like, can they have human food? Yes. But like, why would they, why would you give them certain things over others? Like I would, my dog now, I said this last week, I think, where one of my dogs passed away and I was so strict with her food. And then when, you know, you always plan that like their last meal, they'll have something delicious that they couldn't have while they were alive. But I couldn't do that because she got so sick so severely so quickly that she didn't want to eat toward the end of her life when I knew that it was time to say goodbye. So right now I do share human food with my dog because that changed my perspective. Waiting, you know, for them to get something yummy at the end of their life is not necessarily always possible. So I do incorporate some human food into my dog's food, especially because my dogs do, my dog does eat some kibble. So I give the right human food to mm -hmm. my dog. Uh, I consider human food like eggs. I consider human food like pumpkin puree. I consider human food like uh, sardines. Those are human foods, right? You're buying them at the grocery store for humans. You're not going to Petco for those, but they are a great addition to a dog's diet. Uh, is a cupcake a great addition to a dog's diet? <laughs> the dog's gonna think so. The dog thinks you should absolutely buy them a cupcake for their birthday at like, you know, nothing but cakes or whatever. But they should not have that just because there's no nutritional value for them. It's just empty calories. It's just, it might upset their stomach. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you wouldn't feed it to your kid every day, why would you feed it to your dog at all, right? Like, yes. let's think about it that way. Like, yes. your, kid, your kid, and their behavior could be affected, especially if they're young, because oh, all that sugar, gosh. just like it affects us. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, that's... Same with kibble. Yeah. It affects behavior. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because of the carb. Um, yeah. The reality is that as humans, we are so susceptible to marketing. Yeah. And if we don't realize that, then we are falling for it every time. And these companies are billion, trillion dollar companies that put more money into the psychology of marketing than the uh, quality of the products that they're putting out for you to buy. It just is what it, it is. That way, when you put it that way. It just is what it is. It is what it is. Everything you see on that package is designed for you as the person who has the money in the wallet to buy it, right. not for that pet. Including the dyes they put on the food to make it look more appetizing to you because Dogs can't even see red, by the way. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so it's all marketing. This whole idea of not feeding human foods to dogs is marketing. And it, is, it has been incredibly successful 
for big pet food. Um, and the reality is that big pet food isn't human food. So they aren't lying to you when they're saying, feed this and don't feed human food. That's exactly what they want you to do. That's what they, like, everything that goes into the majority of big pet food, at least, is not human grade, is not fit for human consumption. So it's not human food. So they are, they're not lying to you. They're just, they're, they've retrained our brains. And then they don't tell us the stuff we really need to know. Like yeah. we need to know that certain foods are toxic, right? Mm -hmm. That certain foods are off the table. Other foods can only be given in a small amount. Mm -hmm. Other foods might cause a choke, like pose no threat to their intestines, right? But they can yeah. cause a choking hazard, right? right? Like so, we need to know these things. But instead, we're just being sold that this is the only option. This is the only option. This is the only option. Because mm -hmm. if you're a good pet parent, you're gonna buy the best, most expensive version of this. Right. That's what we've been doing. I've been there. So yeah, I'm there now. I was that, <laughs> I mean, no, I was that pet parent at one point that between all of the cats I had, um, which was significant at one point in time, I had like six different foods that I was buying from the veterinarian's office, right? Thinking that I was doing the absolute best for my pets because this is what my vet said that this cat needed to eat and this cat needed to eat something different and this cat needed this prescription diet and this cat needed that and Holy moly. I'm glad I'm not that person anymore <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah. it's so hard because we're given you know you walk into these stores and you have so many options and like most of us are not even aware of where our budget really falls as far yeah. as what we can I, feed. I, would agree I think with that. like that's one of the things that we should probably talk about is like yeah. how do you come up with your budget mm -hmm. for your pet's food? Yeah. Um, because sometimes we're just like, oh, that seems like a lot. But like you yeah. don't even look at the amount you're supposed to feed, you mm -hmm. don't look at the quantities, the, the frequency, mm -hmm. the, the size. I mean, if you have a small dog, it could actually be really affordable to mm -hmm. do a much better diet just because yes. of their size. Cats. My cat does not have any kibble whatsoever. I want to make sure people know that. Like for me, a small, like a cat is small enough that you can afford, even the worst wet food is better than the best kibble in my opinion. And you'll tell me what you think yeah. about that. But like mm -hmm. cat, my cat does not have any kibble whatsoever. And like with him, I can do a little more upgrading because he's small versus my 60 pound dog. Right? Mm -hmm. So people don't realize that it, there is a budgetary component to this that you might be missing just because mm -hmm. you're, going off at the top of your head. And it's really important because this is a 15 year commitment when we get our dogs. So knowing what that budget is and like reevaluating that budget, mm -hmm. if we get a raise or something like that, that that's really a really important part of feeding our pets and being a responsible pet parent. Mm -hmm. But human foods should not be demonized. The only thing that should be demonized probably is that, you know, you don't want to give them something that has a ton of salt because especially if they're on kibble, they already have a ton of salt coming in their diet. You don't want anything with tons of sugar. So like I make scrambled eggs for my kids all the time and I will make like, I'll leave some in the saute pan so that if my kid doesn't want it, I can give it to my dog. But the, what goes on my kids plates gets salted. Whereas what stays in the saute pan does not. So if my kid asks for more, he gets more. And I don't give her eggs every day. I only really give her the leftovers cause it's kind of common that there are leftovers so I don't feel like I need to like make some just for her mm -hmm. but she gets them a few times a week but she doesn't get them salted just because it's like what's the point why am I gonna first yeah, waste yeah. salt because yeah. I I like expensive salt <laughs> and two give her salt when I know she's on kibble where she's getting a ton mm -hmm. so 
uh, it's a matter of making the right choices, kind of thinking it ahead, planning it ahead, like, like separating. You know, if you have a turkey breast, I mean, give some as treats. Like, your dog's going to love that. Most of us, after Thanksgiving, just, like, oh my gosh. end up freezing it or, like, it goes to the trash because you didn't finish it. Like, your dog would love that. That's such an amazing addition, and you don't have to worry about it. I mean, sure, you don't want to give them a ton of skins. Definitely no cooked bones because they splinter, whether in their mouth or in their digestive process. So you don't want to do certain things. But the actual food may be safe. It's just a matter of how you handle it, how you prepare it, how you give it to them, and knowing what you can't do, which, I mean, did I miss anything, like, really, like, common? Cooked bones, mm -hmm. like, chicken skin. skin. I mean, honestly, they can that, have a little bit a of little chicken bit, skin. Yeah. Like, it's yummy. So let them enjoy it, but just don't give them, don't yeah. peel off all the skin of the yeah. turkey and give it to your dog, because that's yeah. probably going to cause some upset stomach. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and if they are eating kibble, then could cause a pancreatitis attack as well. Exactly. Um, but the meat won't. The meat will not. So yeah, and and take the take your turkey carcass or your chicken carcass and make some bone broth. Yes. Don't waste stuff. Yes. Do not waste stuff. Yeah. Think like. Um, do you have any like people you follow that are creative like that? There's there's a human chef. I think he's from Spain, so I don't know if he's big in the U.S., but I, I remember seeing this on, like, a TV show where he literally talks about, in his book, how to use all the unused parts of the animals for mm. human food. Oh. For human food. So I, I'm pretty sure I saw this in Spain, and it was basically, like, using these old ingredients that we no longer use, like, where, like, you know, 100 years ago, the whole animal was used for yeah. different reasons in yeah. different ways. Oh, so, I'm not eating a pig snout. Ain't happening. I know, but you can make up some, some kind of broth out of it. I'm sure you can. <laughs> so that's what that book was about. Do you have any ideas or like any resources that kind of give you creative ways to oh use? Oh my. And I'm putting her on no. the spot. I always put her on the spot. Yeah. Because I trust her that much. No. Because I, I, I believe in her so much. No. Especially for humans. I mean. No, for, for, for pets. pets. For pets. For humans, I just, I mean, none of us are gonna eat that stuff. No, so I'm not gonna bother talking about it. Apparently, there's like a movement though. There's a movement. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we should. You should create, I, create something like that. Oh Lord Jesus. Okay. You guys make beef tallow I, at we, home. We do make beef tallow yeah, at home. Using um, up the fat. Yeah, I mean, we just get tired of wasting stuff. Yeah. And I'm tired of cooking and seed. I'm not doing. I, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, no seed more oils. seed oils. Um, yeah. Tell my husband that, please. Um, okay, <laughs> the next one. I'm not going to even talk about this because you're no? the expert. I mean, right. I'm all for it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So especially with our traditional medicine veterinarians, they, they I mean, people just want to demonize raw meats. Um, and yes, is there a concern for pathogenic bacteria? Yes. Salmonella, Listeria, E. coli? Of course there is. Um, but more so for humans more so for the contact with humans. Because is it possible that our dogs could become sick from salmonella or E. coli or listeria? Absolutely. It is so much less likely their digestive tracts are shorter and more acidic. They're designed to eat dead, to, to catch a prey animal, kill it and eat it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you think that doesn't have pathogenic bacteria, you're out of your mind. Um, I wouldn't even touch it, let alone put it in my mouth. 
But the re yeah, because you know they're coming back to it, especially if you think about okay, let's think about a lion or a tiger or a leopard, and they're catching a large piece of prey, a zebra or an antelope or whatever the heck they're catching right over there in Africa, which is so beautiful, and I want to go one day. Um, they are taking down this entire animal, and they're coming back to feed off of that carcass for days. Yeah. And, and so their yeah, friends. yes, yeah. they're sharing, yeah. they're slobbering, they're it's. It's getting flies and oh, yeah. flies the are flies are helping themselves too. The, yes, the and they're laying. They're, yeah. There's larvae. There's yes. Um, so our animals that the, they are designed to handle it. Yeah. We are the animals who have evolved into fire. I want to say the. <laughs> I want to say an inappropriate word. <laughs> Using fire to. Yes. Well, I'm sure that before fire was a thing, their tolerance was very different. Was very different. Very different. Yeah, like our bodies evolved to what they're exposed to. Yes. And so do pets. So that's why when you're transitioning from people Just like, to raw, there's a process, right? Yeah. So yes, could pe do pe I think that the biggest thing about raw food is we obviously think that raw feeding pets is safe. Yes. We have. I have had a veteran. I've had veterinarians kind of look the other way about the fact that it was raw. I've had veterinarians look the other way about the, the fact that it was homemade, just because my pets were so healthy and they knew mm -hmm. that I was. My husband and I were diligent. They. I had a vet that used to come to the house because I had four dogs, so she saw where we stored the meat, how we stored it, how we, what we did. She saw the the recipe. She saw it all, so she was not going to recommend it to people. But she was comfortable enough to be like, okay, sounds yeah. like you've got it under control. I've had other vets that were like, please don't do that. And I was like, well, it's worked for us for X number of years and that's what we're going to do. And it was like the end of the conversation. I've been very lucky with my vets. They've never made me feel bad. Probably because of what I do and because I speak intelligently on a topic and they're like, yeah. okay, sounds like you have it under control. Maybe not my favorite thing, but it's okay. The biggest thing I think is that what vets see oftentimes and what makes them concerned and it's a very big concern is mishandling of yeah. raw food yes people spend a lot of money on this stuff and then they leave it out too long or it's been in the fridge too long you know mm -hmm. all these things happen and they think eh, i can push it mm -hmm. when they shouldn't push it so like mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing for me is raw meats are safe raw feeding is safe it's actually to me and ask my dog the ideal way because it really is the most natural way. I think cooked food is great too, lightly cooked, you know, where you're not mm -hmm. like overcooking and yeah. over removing all the nutrients from all the heat. But if you're going to do it, you have to commit to do it properly. You have to sometimes say like, this is too much of a risk. I'm going to throw this batch away or mm -hmm. this, this container away because I've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. It's not really practical for travel. So you have to like have plans in place if you are like say a military family like us when we moved from louisiana to el paso we were feeding raw and so we had to go every night to a hotel with a fridge mm -hmm. we had to make sure that we had tons of ice we only packed a certain number of days and like we had canned food just in case something went wrong we had a plan in place not ideal, still stressful. And if something goes wrong, you know, you're losing a lot of money. Cause like, if you end up like, you know, spoiling it, it goes to the trash. It was a huge cooler. I had four dogs. Um, not something I'd recommend to like a entry level raw feeder, 
but is it safe? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember somebody telling me that their vet was so anti raw feeding and they were like, because you know, people will feed their pets like food with maggots in it. I was like, people don't do that. That no. one person did that. Yeah. That one person made a very yeah. poor choice. Mm -hmm. And now your vet is making that the lowest common denominator mm -hmm. and making it so that we're all the same. And that's not the case. I think mm -hmm. most people who feed raw are very responsible about it because they yeah. wouldn't make the investment if they weren't. And the reality is, um, I'm going to pull it up. Oh, you know what? It might be too much to pull up right now. Maybe, maybe another time. Susan Dixon, um, I think every year on her blog, will put um, uh, the number of pounds of, of kibble that, or, or of pet food that has been recalled and why. And when you look at the pounds of kibble versus raw food that are recalled for um, pathogenic bacteria, it is like in the millions of pounds in kibble. I found it. Oh, in 2023, more than 236 million pounds of pet foods were recalled. The most common cause of recalls this year was due to pathogenic bacteria contamination. And it's all big, red, big, big pet food. Yeah, there's like... A small amount with, okay, what the one bra? raw food? One yeah. raw food is on here. Mm -hmm. um, but Purina, Royal Canin, Purina. I have no I idea what Stratford is. Mid American, TFP, Blue Ridge, Mid America, Mid America, TFP, Blue Ridge. So I mean, it's the suppliers usually from yeah. the supply chain. So it's like millions and millions and millions of pounds of kibble are recalled every year for pathogenic bacteria contamination, that kibble that you have in, like, how we think that kibble is safe, how that doesn't have a warning label on it to wash your hands after you touch it is beyond me. Between the pathogenic bacteria, the rancid fats, the, I mean, potential aflatoxin contamination, I don't know how we don't have warning labels. Yeah. When my kids help me feed the pets, whether I'm giving them like a freeze-dried raw or, or like um, dehydrated raw treat from Bear's Bites, love you girl, um, or kibble, mm -hmm. I'm like, wash your hands. Yes. Doesn't matter what it is, yeah. just wash your hands. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, in the same way that if you were to let your child touch what you're cooking and go play, yeah. in many cases, it's not gonna be safe to do that. Right. That's why we wash our hands before and after we cook because there's bacteria on things and mm -hmm. some bacteria should just stay where it is. What's really interesting to me in this topic is something I always draw a parallel on. My sister had a baby recently and in Spain, the recommendation is that you put your lettuce in a tub with a tiny bit of Clorox bleach. Okay. So that any listeria that might be on the lettuce dies. And then of course you rinse it. Mm -hmm. You kind of like let it soak for 10 minutes. My sister told me about it. I kind of like had a fit and then um, I forgot the details, but that is the recommendation. She had a lot of salads. She, she used a lot of bleach. It's just the cap full, right? Yeah. And like a tub. So yeah. it's like, it's diluted. In it. the United States, that is by no means a recommendation. That does not exist here. We do not do that. Meanwhile, we have a ton of lit lettuce 
I mean, how many recalls have we seen yes. for lettuce in the past 12, 15 years? Yes, exactly. So <laughs> the recommendations are based on whatever science that part of the country mm -hmm. bases their stuff on. We might be risking it. I ate lettuce all the time. I had two pregnancies, like no issues. I did not have any stomach upsets that I could trace back to any kind of produce. Um, you know, so it's, this is the same thing. It's like one doctor might give you a recommendation to not have any cheese during your pregnancy. Some might tell you, you can have X, Y, Z cheese. Some in, you know, in Europe, it's very strict you, about having like cured meats. You have to freeze them before, like for a certain uh, 24 hours, like if jamon serrano, like the, the, like prosciutto equivalent, you have to freeze oh, it okay. the not like for 24 hours here. Nobody told me to do that. Right. So it's like, really when it comes serrano down to ham, it, is that what you said? Serrano, serrano ham. ham. <laughs> for the, the, the white girl over here. <laughs> serrano ham. I'm sorry. I no, totally good. forgot that, that, that there was a translation for it. I swear to you. I was like, they don't know what serrano ham is. It's prosciutto. Spanish um, but yeah, I feel like these recommendations are always going to vary based on where you are, who you speak to, your veterinarian's experience, tolerance mm -hmm. toward raw feeding. But if you're interested in raw, just find an expert. There's one sitting right next to me that can direct you in the right way to do it and the way to balance the meals, either per meal or over time or whatever it is you want to do or whatever it is your pet needs. So there are ways to do it properly as yes. with everything in life. I mean, listen, there is a way to drive a car in a way that you could kill yourself. And there's a way to drive a car in a way that is safe for everybody on the road. This is the same thing. You do it wrong. You're going to pay the consequences or your pet is. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. This is a big one. If you're in the raw feeding world already, or you're like just dipping your toes in, like what's going on here? and you start getting into some social media groups and there is a huge debate um, depending on where you go, what you look at, who you're talking to, do carnivores need vegetables? And <laughs> I will say, even for myself, um, I have gone through a period where I tried an animal-based diet and I was not eating vegetables. And quite honestly, I felt amazing, but um, I eat vegetables now. And uh, I think we have, we have learned through science, through real science, that um, there, is, th there are plenty of nutrients that we can get through vegetables that we're not getting from meat. So again, if we go back to prey diets, a wolf in the wild, a wild cat, whatever, they're eating the stomach contents of their prey animals, number one, which is going to contain vegetables. And our scavenger carnivores, our dogs, are when, th what is happening <laughs> over on balloons. Facebook and YouTube? Thank you um, the balloons. What, uh, our scavenger carnivores, our dogs, are gonna eat whatever is available to them at the time. So if they aren't able to catch that squirrel that day, because squirrels are fast, um, then are they going to munch on some grass? Does your dog munch on grass? Absolutely, yeah. they do. Um, are they going to eat a blueberry off of a blueberry tree? Yeah, or bush, it's yeah, not a tree, bush. it's a bush. Um, absolutely, yeah. they are going to do that. So 
we can really get in the weeds with like, um, I only want to feed my, my animal exactly what they would eat in the wild, but then also somehow overlook the fact that they're, they're survivors and scavengers. Yes. They're going to do what they need to do to eat. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and honestly, we've seen that. Like in the Forever Dog, mm-hmm. they have the, – the good thing about that book is that there's a lot of research cited in that book. And, like, we've seen, like, how blueberries can yes. increase longevity. We've seen how – green foods are so beneficial orange foods are so beneficial and we see that with us like we see that with us like i think that obviously we know that the very sad american diet Mm. um is uh full of things we don't need but when you think about the basics like you said whole foods it's they're good for everybody there's benefits for everybody there's different nutrients in every food for a reason it's that's the way it's designed in my opinion that is a god-given gift right like where why can pigs find truffles and we can't yeah like it's amazing it's you know it it is truly like we all you know just like going back to bachi bachi was in a backyard in miami she could have eaten other things she went straight to those avocados because there was something in those avocados that she wanted needed and felt you know inspired to like get in trouble for so i mean i think it's so it's crazy to me that anybody would argue a benefit of adding something that we know is a superfood, right? Yeah, mushrooms. To a meal, like yes, these are superfoods, yeah. and they're superfoods for all mammals, not just us, and for mm-hmm. insects and all those things that we don't study. All right, next one. Jeez. This is a weird Jeez. one. This is a weird one, but I saw that um, Rodney and Karen were talking about teas because apparently, and I want to say, don't quote me on this, it was like the AKC maybe that put out a. Um, a blog about not giving teas to your dogs when we know from the forever dog book like you were just talking about that green tea is incredible that chamomile tea is incredible like we can use um there's a lot i think i think what the issue is here is caffeine so if we're looking at teas that contain caffeine like a black tea that contains caffeine no we don't want to give that to our dogs right but green tea is naturally decaffeinated and um, there's just so much benefit yeah. there. That so teas for dogs, I just Googled it. Chamomile comes up, ginger, ginger. tea, mm-hmm. rooibos, which I love. If you don't know, I'm, I don't love teas, but I like teas in the evening, so I can't have caffeine because it does mm-hmm. affect mm-hmm. me. So rooibos is something that I have. And at tea shops, they have like vanilla rooibos and ro- like chocolate rooibos. And they're so nice mm. and they're not caffeinated. Rooibos is... So it's like a, it's kind of like a black tea, but it's not caffeinated. Um, echinacea, green tea, oolong, which is like a white, right? Is oolong like a white? I can't remember. I don't. Peppermint. I don't drink um, that. I don't know. So I, I mean, there's a lot that your your cat probably won't want tea. I mean, let's be honest, your your cat doesn't want tea. Though I will make my cats catnip tea. Catnip tea, and you know what? They, I feel like cats would prefer just like the tea leaves, you know, like the herbs itself. Mm-hmm. You know, we we love what's what is her name? She's it's escaping Julie right Julie Ann Thorne. Thorne, yeah. Thorne. So Julianne Thorne is fantastic about you know talking about. I, I interviewed her. I'm sure you've had her on your show. Uh, yeah. Uh, we talked about self selection and like mm-hmm. putting a little herb garden out for your pets, getting the be- or 
for any dogs or cats, but we're talking about cats right now, but you know, they come in and they choose whatever herb they really feel like having that day. And if you have that tea, why not just like let them, you know, sniff it, take a little lick of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I did have a pet who, uh, a friend whose pet died of drinking coffee. Oh, so she was a very small dog and she got into the coffee. Wow. Made her super sick, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. maybe strong coffee, mold in coffee. Who knows yeah. what, right? Like, you know yeah. what? Who knows what it was? But so a lot of things get lumped in, right? Like coffee is bad. Caffeine is bad. Chocolate's bad. So tea must be bad too. Like, no. There are teas that are safe. There are teas that you probably want to skip. Um, but again, like this is something probably most people aren't doing. Um, but it is important to kind of know, like, I'm having something my pet shouldn't have, like alcoholic beverages. If I'm having an alcoholic beverage and my cat's on my counter smelling it, I move it. I make sure that he doesn't get into it because I don't want him to have any alcohol, right? Like, at all. Um, so just be aware of what's safe and what's not. I mean, also, there are, you know, cannabis teas, like, with THC in them that are pretty high potency for people you probably don't want your pet having that either so just make good decisions just like you would Mm -hmm. do for your kids my kids are not drinking my margaritas if i had thc in the house which i don't are you sure you know what's so funny i'll tell you this story we were at the doctor a while back a few weeks ago and the doctor asked me if there were any concerns about drug or alcohol abuse in the home and Noah was the patient and Noah heard drug or alcohol and all he heard was alcohol because he doesn't know what drugs are I don't think he's sick (laughs) right so hopefully he doesn't know what drugs are and and there's definitely no drugs in our house we are military so not gonna happen uh but he said oh papa lets me try his beer and I was like wait what (laughs) I was like when He's like, no, he lets me smell it. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's not smell be, it. Like, okay. let's not be, like, and he probably has, like, had a sip or something, but, like, let's not be crazy. Papa does not let you try his beer. Like, you're not sipping on beers together because we're super careful of that. Like, I will let them smell my wine. Mm-hmm. I will let them, you know, say, I, I want to know what they smell because it's interesting to me as a wine drinker and, like, what what's on the nose, right? Like, what do you smell? They don't smell anything. They're not sitting there being like, leather and spice and <laughs> black pepper, right? They're not doing that, which I hope they will one day. But it's really important to just be proactive with these things that we drink. Mm. I mean, there are probably, I mean, think about all the xylitol that we have in mm. our house now xylitol in like sugar-free beverages Mm -hmm. in any kind of you know toothpaste products sugar-free gum the same way we're going to be safe about xylitol we're going to be safe about whatever beverage we're having whatever food we're having but Mm -hmm. it doesn't make it off off limits it just makes it specific to that species like chamomile is amazing for all species that i know Mm -hmm. of yeah. I grew up on it. It's amazing for so many things. And if you're not having, if you don't have chamomile in your house, go get some. Um, next one. We're getting close. We to the are end. nuts and seeds. Yeah, this this one's interesting um, because I think unless your dog or cat has like colitis, which I yeah. think is pretty rare. I mean, and it's not usually caused by this. It's something that already right. was caused by maybe like separation anxiety, like mm-hmm. a boarding situation caused it for my dog where she was completely like stressed out and she got colitis. Mm-hmm. We had to come home early. 
Um, yeah, like your dog could be maybe prone to like chronic colitis in those mm -hmm. settings in like a stress, high stress setting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, most dogs can tolerate nuts and seeds. Yes. Not seed oils. With one exception. Yes. Um, and, but I mean, I use them to balance recipes. Yeah. I will use the, and, and pumpkin seeds can be a good like dewormer. Yeah. There are lots of uses. Yeah. Um, pumpkin seeds are a superfood. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I don't don't be scared. I actually and the the biggest issue I think with nuts and seeds is that like inhalation choking. Yes, exactly. That's hazard. exactly what I was saying. And one other thing is that it depends on the quality of the nut and seed, right? Like yes. peanut butter from Jiffy might have xylitol in it. Peanut butter also is known for having high molds. Yes. So like while we were told in 98 to fill a Kong with peanut butter, mm -hmm. now we're being told that that's a, you can still use it, but just very sparingly. Like some people use it for like high level treats. Like if you're, mm -hmm. you know, in the bathtub or when my dog gave blood, Socks was a blood donor, makes you rest in peace. They would have like a literal thing of Jiffy or whatever safe peanut butter there was, and they would just let her lick it while they were getting her blood for donation. So they have their uses, but that's not something you want to do every day. And the reason nuts and seeds are considered dangerous is often because of pancreatitis, again, because mm -hmm. they're so high in fat yeah, or whatever. Fatty, but yeah. really, your biggest risk is the xylitol and peanut butter, the mold mm -hmm. in any of these products. Yes and the choking because like choking your happened. yorkie has no business being given like a full cashew like it could be a problem they yeah. could aspirate it mm -hmm. and that requires surgery yes to remove and you so you really need to know your dog so my dog i do have a little dog she's 14 yeah no, i'm talking about pounds. like a four pound yorkie and but i will give if i am eating a cashew yeah i will give her yeah it may be a half of a cashew yeah or um i'm trying to think of other nuts that i like a pistachio which i like brazil you know. nuts they're um, full of selenium Those so yeah so i but she is so funny because even a half of a cashew she will take and like nibble at it and nibble it down um so i like to crush not, them yeah so like i might just take like something like a, the back of a knife and just crush it and put it in the bowl yes um, that's so like, like if a I'm, treat yeah. if i'm like instructing for a recipe i'm crushing yeah. we're we're yeah, yeah. We're, we're not putting yeah. whole nuts because in the... i with kira she's a big dog but she doesn't know what to do with it because it's mm -hmm. like such a different texture than she's mm -hmm. used to that i do think that that's like kind of like so i crush yeah. it and put it um yeah. especially if it's already fallen on the ground because my kids dropped it and so i'm definitely not gonna eat it and i'm like do i throw it in the trash or do i give it to the dog i give it mm -hmm. to the dog but i just crush it so that she can enjoy it more mm -hmm. yes. um and then you know nuts and seeds again are the same thing as like kids like i have a friend who was trying to do a, an a, a healthy easter basket so she put uh, nuts in there yeah like a trail mix her child aspirated the nut oh. this was in lake charles louisiana the hospital there could not perform the surgery. Oh, she ended up having to go to either Lafayette or Baton Rouge to get her daughter surgery because she was trying to do something healthy for her daughter and it totally backfired and no mm -hmm. hate to her. She handled it beautifully and like, you know, we all as parents learned, but I learned from her experience. Mm -hmm. she, she was chewing it and a little tiny piece of a, maybe a cashew or something mm -hmm. like that ended up in her lung. Mm. 
So they had to go into her lung and remove it because what happens if you don't remove it? A serious infection. So those kinds of things is why, you know, again, it's not what you're giving all the time. It's how you're giving it, when you're giving it. If they're a puppy, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't, that just weaned, they don't need nuts or seeds. Just like, you know, maybe I don't really give my four-year-old nuts and seeds. I mean, Mm -hmm. pumpkin seeds, those are easy. Those are soft. Mm Um, but like, I would never give her like a full cashew. She does not eat trail mix. Cause I worry that they're so active that it could end up in the airway. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. we've made it through the list of common Woo! foods that are demonized for our pets. Yes. Um, and the only foods that we really want to remind people that are super, super off limits are drum roll, please. Drum roll, drum roll. Uh, grapes. Oh. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the, oh. oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> you can do it. You're Latin. You, you, you can I do know. <laughs> I didn't expect you to do it so well. Wow. Good girl. Grapes, grapes, onions, macadamia nuts. Those are the That's nuts. The one the nut. The one nut. And do honestly, not do it. Why would anybody give macadamia nuts to their dog? Those are expensive. Save yeah, them that's for true. you. That's true. Yeah, no. Don't give those and to your dog. Chocolate. Chocolate. We already know chocolate. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about chocolate is it's really the cocoa, right? Yeah. So like yes. it's all about how much chocolate is in that chocolate they got into. My mm-hmm. sister's dog, Satchmo, the day I left him in her care, he showed up at my house in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months later, I went to see my sister in Miami. We, she lives in Spain. I lived in Louisiana at the time. We met in Miami so I could hand off the dog to her. She had decided she wanted him. I adopted him to her. The day I left after our visit together, she was 100% in charge of him. He got into a bunch of chocolate. We had just gone on a cruise we went to. The cruise was Italian. It was the MSC Um, where we went on the yacht club. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a story for another time. (laughs) Um, But she had left her suitcase, new pet parent, totally forgot, spaced, and that was Italian chocolate. That was like almost 90% chocolate. That was dangerous. Yeah. If it had been a Hershey's bar, probably more yeah. like butter of some sort. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's, like again, it's the chocolate is cow the, is so small. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. always be careful. Um, another reminder for xylitol. If you don't know what xylitol is, it's a sugar alcohol. It's basically like a sweetener that doesn't have any mm-hmm. calories, so it makes its way into a lot of. Uh, foods that are meant to you know be sweet but low calorie also it's used a lot for some reason i don't know the science behind it but it's used a lot in dental care it is and you know my so my holistic dentist recommends it like they have a a wall of products toothpaste and gums and whatever that is xylitol based and i won't buy it i i will not buy it and i told the, pe- the people at the checkout, whatever, I was like, you really should put like some sort of warning label on this that, you know, you need to make sure to keep, especially like the gums, I don't keep think, it away. I don't, from, we don't know how, that it's that bad for cats. Like it's definitely not something you want to, your I cat to ingest, but it. it is fatal to dogs yeah. in certain amounts. And like, mm-hmm. you don't need a lot for it to be fatal. So yeah. your sugar-free gums, all of that stuff, I won't buy it. Like I mm-hmm. seriously won't buy it. Right now I had some sugar-free gum that I bought on a trip because my ears were popping on the plane mm-hmm. and I literally put them in like my underwear drawer because I don't mm-hmm. want Kira anywhere near that and it smells good right so this was like a fruity gum instead of like a mint one maybe she wouldn't get into the mint but this one smelled like fruit and sweet so I had to put it away in a really safe place because I'm scared that she's gonna try it and usually if they find a pack of gum they're gonna eat all of it 
Yeah. If it smells yummy to them, they're going to eat all of it. So that is a lot. I actually wonder job. if a cat would be interested in mint gum because mint catnip is in the mint, fam yeah. mint family. And I wonder, yeah. like... They, I don't, I've never seen any research on how it affects mm -mm. cats. They've just kind of said, to be on the safe side, right. let's not give it to cats. But, like, right. dogs are, have been dying of xylitol ingestion. So mm -hmm. just make sure that those are the, the, the more processed foods, like a chewing gum that's mm -hmm. made with who knows what and who knows how, like yeah, I have no idea no. how that's made. Um, those are the most dangerous things. Like your scrambled egg, share, share right. it. Make your dog's day this yeah. weekend and give them a little scrambled egg. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is it real food or is it not real food? Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. You're safer mm -hmm. with real food than you are with a lot of the nastiness we buy. We I did really well at the grocery store today. I think we did until we got to check out, and okay. then I was like, yes. No, and <laughs> she was like, you know, um, can you just make sure that it's organic, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and can you, is that organic or is that not organic? And I was like, okay. I always do organic produce and fruit, yeah, so it's fine. Same. We agree on that. Yeah. But I was like, I'm getting wine, and that's not organic, girl, okay? Um, but she was like, we're walking out with our healthy foods, our avocados to make our own guacamole. We got organic <laughs> tortilla chips because organic. We got hummus. We got like good healthy snacks. And then she's like two of these packages with like these little cones with chocolate in them. What are they called? Just the tip? <laughs> They're called just the tip. She's like a 15 year old. This woman is like a 15 year old. So that was it, guys. We are going to do, we're in Dallas. We're, that's why we're together. We're in Dallas. And we are going to a ghost tour tonight. So we're excited. It is cooling in here. The sun is setting, so it's not in my face like yes. it was a second ago. Yes. Uh, we are going to have a great time. We are going to see you on Wednesday for happy hour. We are not going to commit to a time yet. Okay. Because we are going to do like a cat cafe oh, yes. on Wednesday nearby with... Cat therapy, hi, cat therapy. Um, we're hoping to meet up here in Dallas because she's local. So we are going to do that and then we'll come home and we, we're gonna have the wine chilling and we're gonna do happy hour together. And what are we gonna talk about? What are we gonna do? We're just gonna chat about the week. We, yes, I need to figure out some questions to ask you about, about these conferences. These conferences. <laughs> well, I just finished up, we have a few minutes, I think. Sure. Um, I just wrapped up the Texas Pet Sitters Conference. I was the MC for the second time in a row. I don't know how this organization, I've, I've been to the conference before. I spoke at the conference in 2016, but I left the pet sitting industry in 2020. So I don't know what possessed them last year to invite me to be their MC, but it is the happiest weekend of my life. I get to be <laughs> such a goofball. I get to like dance on stage and I get to just be ham it up. And I'm super organized too. So I'm very like, you know, what's next? Let's introduce the speakers. Let's everybody be quiet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's respect our presenters. Uh, and our neighbors so it's like it merges my communication styles which i learned at the conference i'm a personal and functional communication style so okay. it blends both of my um strengths beautifully and i had such a good time shout out to any of the attendees of the 2024 texas pet sitters conference 
You guys were so awesome. I had so much fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I know the planners, uh, the board of directors of the Texas Pet Sitters Association had a great time. They were so happy. And next year we're going on a cruise. Woohoo! Um, already, I've already got my room on hold because I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going. Let's go out <laughs> in the middle of the ocean and risk our lives. Why? What? No, I just, mm. You're not a cruise girl. I have been on many cruises. Me too. And when it is hit, you are in the middle of the ocean and it is pitch black and all you see is black, you realize that you're about to die. No, you're not. <laughs> it's, uh, it's less safe to be downtown downtown Dallas driving with this one. It's <laughs> no, it, it's Titanic out there. It it's, is. It's nobody is coming to save you. What do you mean? We have an amazing Coast Guard. And we're nobody not going is far. coming. We're going, By the we're time the Coast Guard gets there, ain't nobody coming to save you. Let's see who's getting on this. Can you stop jinxing my trip, please? My goodness. You're putting this out to the universe. Well, thank you guys. No. By the way, we have not had any cocktails today. This is just us. No. This is just us. Um, so we're going to go see some ghosts here in Dallas. Ooh. Um, and tomorrow we're, we have a lot of work to do so we're gonna do, do. gonna be this is like a retreat we're gonna try to do some yoga or some soul cycle because i've always wanted to try a soul cycle class we're in uptown dallas so we're having a good time because everything's like walking distance uh we just checked in so that's why we were late because our mm -hmm. check-in was at four o'clock and then we had to put all this together yeah uh, we did not have time to put all this together no um there was no time for that uh -uh. and now we are no longer sweating so everything is really working out great it we is. hope you guys have an awesome evening yes i do i hope so and i hope you enjoyed today's episode um and if you have any other questions that you can't google or chat gpt which i that's what i was going to say earlier and i forgot season season so no create your own gpt uh -huh. and season it with your info and um yeah like i i have my gpt to where it is only giving me holistic answers yes because yes. i don't want the only thing about ai is a reminder i as okay. a, i write for businesses um i write blogs for pet businesses and the other day i was covering the houston rodeo which is happening this week and I just put in, like, so that I can get, like, an overall, like, event breakdown. Um, I put in, like, the tell me about the Houston Rodeo or whatever. It gave me the wrong dates. Like, it gave me the wrong dates. Oh, it will lie to you. Like, so just verify. I mean, I wasn't using yeah. it for that reason. Yeah, yeah. But, like, don't take AI as – because I was – I literally had the rodeo – website open and I was like that's not the date it's like what are I you just, talking about I want to be hip and tell him to no I'm old <laughs> it will lie to you it um, does lie to you uh, always verify everybody you especially we're in an election year check your sources lord have mercy check four sources verify me don't don't trust me I mean I trust me but don't trust me like I'm verify. gonna tell you something please go verify yeah it. always verify yeah yes. and none of this is veterinary advice hmm, there's a no. caveat there's a disclaimer there is a disclaimer. None of this In is fact, veterinary advice. go to my website and you will see my disclaimer. Exactly. My show has the same disclaimer. Always discuss these with your trusted veterinarian, whomever that may be, and what, where, however they may lean. Yeah, um, because sometimes we can help educate our veterinarians too. Because if yeah. they give us an answer that contradicts what we 
found elsewhere, then ask them where they're getting their information. Or so show them. It, show them, them where you're getting yours. I've done this where I, uh, I, it was when I was trying to do titers and my vet mm -hmm. had not heard about this whole like titer testing. And, That's insanity. Um, no, this was years ago. No, this no was but ago. even like, so um, when Dr. Lori Kozier was recently on my show this year, we talked about titers. She said that um, for veterinarians and vet staff, because they are constantly getting the rabies vaccine. Anytime they are in contact with an animal that they suspect has rabies. They have to get them again? They can get titered. Yeah. yeah. So they know about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. if your veterinarian says they don't know about titers, No, no, they she do. knows about titers. She was just, she wasn't aware of what's it called? The organization that's educating us, the doctor that almost lost his license because oh, he was dosing. Oh, Protect the Pets? Protect the Pets. Mm -hmm. She wasn't aware of that. So I was explaining to her, gotcha. Protect the Pets. And I was telling her that I preferred to titer instead of vaccinate. And she explained to me that legally, I would still in the state of Texas need the rabies vaccine. And I had a biter. So there was no mm -hmm. option to like not do the, the rabies vaccine. But I explained it to her and I sent her the link to protect your pet so she could learn about it. Um, I'm sure that from her perspective, that was a super risky, shady thing because she's very traditional. She even called, but this is the beauty about my vet. She called her mentor to discuss it. So like she took my request very seriously, so seriously that she talked to another senior, more senior veterinarian about it and came back to me. So mm -hmm. our veterinarians are so, so hardworking. They, they really mean to do the best for the pets. And I think that if you approach them with some links, they'd be happy to like check them out, you know, maybe not immediately, yeah. but they would be happy yeah. to check them out and discuss those concerns or questions with you. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. We're like, we're over an hour anyway. So. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Have a great evening. We'll yes. follow our stories so you can see what we're up to because yeah. we are going to be sharing on both covered in pet hair and the pet parenting reset our week's adventure. And then you can follow us at SuperZoo in August when we get back together. Oh my goodness. That's going to be so much fun. All right. Bye y'all. Bye.